My guest on this latest episode of Bread of Blue is Hope Akpan. Hope played his one and only Everton game in a Europa League tie against FC Bate Borisov back in December 2009. After being released by the Blues, it didn't take him long to return to the Premier League and become an international footballer. Before the age of 30, though, he admits that he fell out of love with football a bit, but even though he now has a new successful business, he's not quite ready yet to hang the boots up. Fantastic to see you, Hope. Still looking fantastically well. You, <laughs> you're, toying, you, you're toying about whether to get the boots back on again, aren't you? You haven't quite made your mind up yet. Yeah. Um, no, not, not quite. Um, still signed to a local team, just trying to tick over. But um, just got my hands full a little bit at the minute with some other different other things. So toying with the idea. Yeah. We'll come on to your, what you've got in the pipeline a little bit later on. Let's talk about the football first. When did you first join Everton? Um, first joined Everton, wow. Um, I was eight years old, I think. Um, my dad had a shop on uh, Picton High Street. And I used to walk up to to the local park and, and I joined the local team. I was playing for them one night. On and, the mystery? Uh, on the mystery, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not the mystery. It was um, the opposite way. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, and um, Sib Benson, actually, God rest his soul, he comes to watch another lad, uh, Liam Dawson. And in that game, I, I scored a few goals. I was playing all right. And he, he picked, he said, oh, do you play for anyone? I said, no. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, yeah, well, I'm a scout at Everton. We want you to come down. So I think the following week, went down to Neverton and literally signed same day. <laughs> as wow. As, as a train, as a train, signed same day, and and the rest was history. Really, anybody that we'd know that was in the team at the time, um, the Everton team, a lot. Um, obviously, Jose, Jose Baxter, uh, Adam Forshaw, Rodwell, Callum McManaman. Uh, list is endless. Really good players who actually went on to play professionally. Really, really good, good age group. Them two, that, them two ages. A lot of players have gone on to to make careers for sure. When did you begin to realise that maybe you could make a living out of football? <laughs> Do you know what? It never really hit me until very late. I just used to love the idea of playing. I used to love the academy. I thought it was a good place to to just be and stay out, stay out of trouble. And I loved all the, the lads there. I had some good friends. Obviously, the coaches were great. You know, it was a really nice environment to be to be a part of. Especially looking back, you don't feel at the time. You feel it's just a sort of a whirlwind at the time. But in hindsight, wow, what an opportunity! What an experience to to go through at a young age. Do you know what I mean? Um, I started believing that this could be a possibility in and around the ages where they were given uh, contracts, and I noticed that. A lot of players were getting let go, but I wasn't. And um, I think it was like Sean London, Gary Ablett, Neil Jusnip, you know, taking taking a liking to me. I was playing with the older teams a little bit, the older age groups, and that was when I realised, okay, I might have a chance in in becoming a f- football player. How much did you learn from playing reserve team football? Reserve team was massive, massive. I mean, you must have seen a lot of under 23s now. I don't know how it how it compares. But for me, um, it was massive. It was like the first time you were actually playing with first team players. Mm. A lot of the first team players who were injured or needed games would come and play. 
And the, the games would be good games. You're playing against other teams. You had senior pros out. You're playing in the league. So it meant a lot. And it's a real step up from, from the youth football that we were used to. So playing the resis under, I think it was um, Andy Holden, Alan Stubbs, like it was a real, it was a real rude awakening into into the men's game because Stubbsy and and Taft didn't didn't pull, didn't pull no punches, didn't hold nothing back. No, they let you know exactly how they were feeling or if they thought you were you were shaking away from a challenge or you weren't trying hard enough. They let you know. So it was a real rude awakening into into real life, into real football. Yeah, you must have played against some seasoned internationals, some loads of senior professionals when you played reserve team football in those days, Hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's always top, top players in, in the games. When you play Man United, you get some players who've gone on to really do well and Danny Drinkwater, that, that, that type of player. Um, and even some of the players who played down with us from the first team, you know, the, obviously the Evan first team was quality. You know, you get Seamus played a few games with us before he went on to, went on to the first team. Um, even the likes of Tony Hibbert played a few games. So there's always players who are lacking fitness who came and played. Yeah. December 2009, Everton against FC Batty Borisov at Goodison Park. There was a few of you all lined up in the squad together who hadn't played for the first team before. Did, did that make the whole did that make the whole process a little bit easier? The fact that you Adam Forshaws and, and your Kieran Agard, Nathan Craig, um, Jake Bidwell was there as well. Did that make that easier for you? Definitely a little bit. Um, it's good to have all you know the young lads around, but you wanted to impress as well, you know. Mm. Um, it was still a step up Europa League. It was mass- It was still a still a big game. Do you know what I mean? It was still a Europa League tie. You know, when was the last time Everton were in the Europa League? Mm. Might have been around that time. So it was a big game, and it was enjoyable as well, especially having all the other lads as well making the debuts. It was something unforgettable. It was something that doesn't normally happen. So it was quite cool and it was, it was enjoyable for sure. You you came on after eight minutes to replace Jack Rodwell. Was was that a was that a massive surprise, Hope? Or did David Moyes say, listen, we're not sure Jack's gonna last the game here, so keep yourself handy? Wow, that was a massive surprise. Yeah. <laughs> didn't expect it at all. I don't know if that helped or made things worse. <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, after eight minutes, got the call and, and, and was on. Uh, th- things like that have happened a few times in my career to be honest and I think uh, I don't mind it when you get that element of surprise you've got no time to really get too nervous you've got to get on with it yeah. the fact that we lost the game 1-0 were, were you were you young, young lads all a little bit disappointed after the game that you know it was a chance for you to impress and we lost the game 1-0 definitely I mean the standards are so high at Everton of course like we wanted to I think we already qualified we wanted to leave a lasting impression it's probably going to be your only chance you know at that level for that, at that period to really show what you can do so to lose put a bit of a a bit of a damper on the game but you know we, we put ourselves about we tried we tried our hardest and and that's what came of it can you remember what David Moyes said to you Hope? I think he said he has good running around <laughs> <laughs> I think he said um yeah, you got to hold your position better or something like that. I remember, I remember, I remember saying it. Yeah. <laughs> We're all the lads scared character. of David Moyes. Do you know what? Moisey was a character. <laughs> um, I think you obviously you've worked him, so yeah, he's got a presence. You know what I mean, Moisey. Yeah. A few times in um, in Finch Farm in the gym, where you'd be you'd be hanging around the gym and it'd be kind of empty, and then 
the movies you come in on the treadmill. So solid, just <laughs> go on the treadmill. You sort of creep out of there, do you know what I mean? He was intense, but I, I think he was always fair, Moisey. I think he was always fair. I'll give him that. Yeah. Did you have any other sniffs around the first team? Were you ever close again? Yeah, I had a few um, substitute appearances that season. I think there was major injuries throughout the squad. So a lot of the young lads got, got a little look in. James Wallace, Jose was always around. Um, Duffy. We had, a, we had a few chances on the bench. A few chances of coming on, but never really materialised, which, which is unfortunate. But that's how, that's how the game goes. But that season was great for me because... Obviously got to train a lot with the first team. Obviously got to travel with the first team a lot. Um, you know, a real insight into what it took to be to be a pro. And I think that Everton team at the time was top, top-notch team with, mm. with some with some real characters and, and good individuals, good individuals, like a good team ethos, you know what I mean? Good, good pros. So it was really good to be around at that time for sure. It's interesting you say that you refer to the fact that you travelled with the first team as a good experience. When a young player travels with the first team, when you're away, you're in you're, you're in the hotel and whatever, it does give you an insight on how to conduct yourself as a professional footballer, doesn't it? Definitely, it definitely does. And there's a few instances where <laughs> I think we were travelling to uh, Austria. Was it Austria? Yeah, I think so. In that same season, and I've been told late that I had to travel, and I didn't have my passport. Couldn't find it. Didn't know where it was. I mean, I had my mum turn the house upside down trying to find this passport. Never never panicked so much in my life thinking, I've got an opportunity to travel to, with the first team here and I can't. I haven't got my passport and I can't find it. What am I going to do? So I remember going out to training, not knowing where my passport was, coming in, checking my phone and I was just seeing my mum in an old little mech skirting down Finch Farm with, with, a, <laughs> with my passport in her hand. Never felt so good in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, as you say, you do learn to conduct yourself. You do, you know, you, you do learn to try and manage being around such big personalities, you know. Mm. And I was lucky because for my background uh, being Nigerian, there was a lot of Nigerian influence at Evan at the time. It was Joseph Yobo, Yakubu. Victor Chibi. so I was in good, familiar hands in in yeah. in, 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 a, in in some ways. Did they look out for you, Hope? Did they did they give they did, you little bits and pieces? Yeah, they did. To be fair, because you know I wasn't one of the the sort of young starlets. There was a loads of couple of players ahead of me, so mm. they always tried to boost my confidence and, and make sure that I was always always <clears> fit and always tried to to propel me as much as they could, which was nice. You had a loan spell, didn't you, at Hull City during your time with Everton Hope? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable, really. Um, it came about kind of, not out of the blue, but a bit of a surprise to the staff there. Um, sort of got, not not lucky, but it was through, through my agent and he got me out there. And I uh, managed to play some games in the Championship, which was unbelievable at that time. And it was sort of... Uh, bigger step than a few of the other young lads had done at that time. It was a kind, yeah. kind of a, a big move so at that time going on loans with Championship team. There wasn't many young players ever who went on loan. I don't think Moisey liked it too much for the young players to go out. There was only Keown Agard, he went to Peterborough. I think James Wallace went to Tramia. There wasn't much movement for the young players. So for me, and it was sort of, I wasn't sure whether I was going to get a new deal. The opportunities came, I was like, I need to go and, and, and get games. And I went out there, got played in the championship, played a, not a handful of games, but really high-profile, good games. Played 
against QPR, we went on to win the league. I think we drew with them. Um, and that was like real, like three points on the line, men's, yeah. men's football. And that yeah. was, that was, you know, that was a turning point for me in terms of, all right, I can, I can do this. Like, let's, let's see what we can do. It can be sink or swim, corner alone period for a young player. Definitely, definitely felt like that. Um, I think one of my first games was at Loftus Road. There was 25,000 full, full stadium there. They were on the way to getting promoted. So that atmosphere was like, it was it was choking for, for, for me at that time. Yeah. But to get through it and to, I think I got an assist and played quite well. Like that really gave me a lot of massive confidence boost going forward. When you eventually left Everton and signed for Crawley, were you, were you expecting your Everton time to be up? Were you, were you honest with yourself and realised that you'd have to move away to play regular football? Um, I thought I thought I was going to get another another year. A funny funny story. I went into the office with with Moisey and Taff and Stubbs you there, and um, Moisey's like, "Yeah, you know, I think you need to, I think you need to, you know, play trade in lower leagues and build yourself up and." And really, you know, see what you're made of. I don't think staying around the first team is the best thing for you right now. Mm. Um, and Taffer Stubbs, you were kind of agreeing. But then Moisey went, oh, but you know what? You know, you've done well in this game. You've done well. You know, maybe I, maybe we can fit you in pre-season and, and go from there. And he sort of turned to look outside the window into onto the, the training ground. Mm. And I'm like, give me a year, please. Give me a year. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. And he's turning around and going, oh, no, no, do you know what? It's probably best if you... <laughs> <laughs> so, I was looking at Taff and Stubbs you're like come on help me I'll see you get me another year um, just wow. dangled it in front of you then pulled it away <laughs> dangled the carrot took it away <laughs> but um, no it was probably the best thing for me at the time and I went to Crawley um, on a strange one really there was a lot of different teams I think Jimmy Jimmy Lumsden put my name about he, he really um, put my name in, into some good good managers so there was a lot of League One clubs who were looking at me, who I went to meet. But um, Steve Evans at Crawley, I don't know, he just, he's a good salesman, he is. And uh, he got me down there. And they were they, they had a good investment. They were trying to go up the leagues quite quick. So it just seemed a decent project. And I signed up there. It was over end of the earth from where I'm from. But I think that was great as well, because it just yeah. got me fully focused on, on, on football, really. There wasn't much going on down there. I had a bit of family down there to look after me a little bit. But... It was just football, football, football from, from that point. In your early couple of years at Crawley, you weren't exactly the best friend of the referees, were you? Um, <laughs> the red cards mounted up pretty quickly. Was that you just trying too hard at the time? Yeah, I mean, obviously you grew up Everton. Like even training matches were aggressive. Remember some training matches like Jose Wallace, we'd, we'd, we'd absolutely end each other in training. <laughs> like 11 to 11, we'd two foot on each other. You know, that, that's just how we were, we were brought up. Um, so went down there. And yeah, I think it was just over overzealous trying to trying to prove myself, trying to prove that I'm you know not 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 afraid, not scared of any other players, just trying to put my foot in. And yeah, I think <laughs> in my time of calling, I got five or six red cards in about 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> On, 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 a, on a slightly more sinister note, when you were at Crawley, you, you, you were the victim of a bit of online racist abuse. Did that, do you recall being shocked at that because all of a sudden people knew who you were and, and, and people were giving you that sort of abuse? Yeah, I mean, I think that was, that was the era where social media was just starting, starting up, starting to come into play. I mean, it's, 
it's a joke now. It's it's everything now, isn't yeah. it? Everyone, yeah. we, everyone's very um, social media active. But back then it wasn't. And yeah, I received some, but it, to, be, to be honest, it it didn't really phase me in any way. It didn't knock me. Um, like been through bigger things in, in real life. So, things like that can't, don't really get to me. I did have an instant my own self where I brought something on my own self with something that I said on social media. So again, it's just a learning curve and understanding that, you know, you have to, you have to be professional at all times, you know, you're role models of certain people. So when things like that happen, you've got to react in it in a certain way. That's, that's professional for sure. And that was, that was 10 years ago. We just don't seem to have moved on, do we? I mean, as you say, social media, it makes it so easy for these mindless individuals to post racist abuse, but football as a sport, can we do more? We can do more. I mean, I think it's not just football, it's it's other governing bodies as well who need to set an example. And there's been a few examples set of people, you know, being banned from games or actually getting in trouble with the police. Um, it's, it's a shame that it has to go to that extent. You know, people aren't educated enough in 2022 to, to not even have that those thoughts even entertain the mind but you know I think we'll get there there's there's definitely been progress but I think social media just gives people an easy an easy ride basically they can they can say something behind the back yeah. the guys yeah. you know behind the guys of a fake name and and do whatever they please just to get a reaction sometimes or yeah. or just to say whatever because they're going through something they're trying to get it off their chest but it's a it's a it's a learning process. It's it's an, an education more than anything, and I think we'll get there. It's just it's just a matter of time. We we'll keep plugging away. Back to the football, then. How satisfying was it for you on a personal level to get back to the Premier League when you signed for Reading? Yeah, it was a, a big achievement. It was. I mean, it was eighteen months, I think, from when I got let go, and then eighteen months later, I was playing back at Goodison against Devon. So it was, it was. Um, yeah, I think. You know, went down there, learned a lot, and was playing really well, really confident. All the stuff that I'd learned at Everton, I was trying to implement it. And then on the guise of, you know, playing for three points and we had a good team as well. You know, it just built built your confidence. And I was I was really high flying and and, and really, really feeling good. Um signed for Reading, it's great manager, um, Brian McDermott really looked after me. Um and yeah, I went straight into the fold and, and, and was excited and, and, and flying, yeah. So it was really, really proud moment for, just for my, my family and stuff to, to sort of see me sort of bounce back quite quickly, yeah. Was that like a, as well a, a message to Everton, you let me go too soon, eh? Yeah, in the yeah, there was definitely elements of that. I remember Duffy saying something about what Taff and Stubbsy had said and that really like, yeah, that gave me a little... A little fire in my belly, a little, little. Yeah, I was happy with that, um, but yeah, it was it was a quick turnaround, and it was yeah, I really really enjoyed that fact that I managed to to get back quite quick. Mm. And and how how proud were you? How proud were your family when you became Hope Akpan international footballer? Yeah, that was massive. That was that was great. I mean, my household, my uncles, my dad. This football, 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 mad. Um, obviously got the call up for Nigeria and then obviously I've got aunties, uncles, relatives in Nigeria like 
big, big family, wide community. So to do that and to make all them proud and for them to see my name on that team, it's it's a big deal. It's a yeah, big absolutely. deal. Absolutely. When you, when you travel and you're playing the games and you see the following, you see the support, you see hundreds, thousands of people chasing chasing the team bus and singing a national anthem. You land in an air, at an airport at 3 a.m. and there's 150, 200 people there fucking marching band <laughs> you, know, you really see like wow this means a lot to, to a lot of people they're so, so that, passionate about the football aren't they so passionate if, if, if you win you're the king you get whatever you want if you lose don't come back <laughs> but, but that's what makes it so you know enthralling and exciting yeah real, real happy real happy time you still look as if you could play professional football at a very good level. Hope did you have you fallen out of love with football to a certain um, extent? You know what? I've had I just had I don't know whether it's you want to call it bad luck or just how the cookie crumble for me, but just just yeah, things didn't didn't pan out the way I sort of expected. And then I bounced back a few times and the same thing sort of happened. So yeah, maybe that rubs off rubs off on you and you don't have that same. Same connection that you once had, you get a bit older. I think obviously the, the lockdown and stuff like that, not being able to play, um, just made me sort of start looking down different avenues and thinking about different things. So um, yeah, I think that's played its part as well. And still I still love the game, still love training, still stay 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 fit, but I don't know, maybe a bit of that that spark is I don't know, it's not not quite firing at the moment. Maybe it'll come back. Hopefully it'll come back, but at this very current time, it, 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 I am where I am, yeah. What, what were the issues? Were you just getting injuries at the wrong time and getting frustrated? Yeah, I had a few injuries. I've had an injury with... It's it's a weird one, but I've had a shoulder injury for a lot of my career, and it's it's sort of um, just hindered me. Obviously, yeah. being in midfield, you have to, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of... A lot of um, um, receiving the ball kind of blind and you, you you don't know where you are in space do you know what I mean and that's yeah. football in general and having this shoulder injury I was thinking my, in my last spell in, in English football at Bradford like every other game I was just my shoulders popping out popping back in bit of a mess so trying to manage that and, uh, and navigate trying to play a full throttle knowing that that's always a potential kind of did hinder me a little bit yeah yeah so just tell us what you've been up to during lockdown then, because you've uh, you've got a new business off the ground, haven't you? Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it's called The Plant Boost. Um, it's a healthy eating concept. Um, we serve smoothie juices, smoothie bowls, which are very popular around the world in the States. And we brought it to the UK and it's kicked off. I mean, we only opened, we launched on Thursday, opened doors on Friday. We've had a great response. Um, you know, people coming in, bringing the families in every day since we've been open. You know, we've had we've had hundred customers on the first day, so it's been really wow. exciting. We really want to try and try and push it, push it further. As I say, it started in in lockdown, the first lockdown. We were doing um, deliveries from a dark kitchen, getting loads of repeat orders, and we thought, you know, what we need to find a sort of space to bring this all together. And it took us a while, but we found a good location. And yeah, we're ready to, to kick on and, and take it to wherever it can go. But it's great because it's a double whammy, you know. It's a good space and people are getting superfoods. They're getting healthy. They're getting healthy options instead of, you know, the norm that we're used to. So a lot of the 
nutritional side of things that I've learned through the game, through 10 years of trying to stay in, in tip-top shape, I can apply it and, and try and create create recipes um, that can infuse those those superfoods and those gems that I've learned from playing. Yeah. So it sounds like it's something you're really passionate about as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, obviously, when when you get dig deep into something, the passion grows, and you know when you take a chance and you put time and effort into trying to create a, a, a menu, create a space, and then you come and see people enjoy it as well. Mm. You know, it gives you a different feeling. That I didn't. It's just different, different. Like playing in front of sixty thousand is a, is a is a great feeling for you personally. You know, you get that buzz. You can't sleep. The adrenaline's pumping. This is a different feeling of just of goodness. You know, inside you feel good. Like, all right, I've I've done that, and I've, I've gave you something that's going to be beneficial for you. You yeah. know what I mean? It's different, but it's good at the same time for sure. Tell us where you're based then. Uh, we're based in 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 Hale Altrincham at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, we started in Liverpool, and a core of our following was was Liverpool based. So the plan is to to. The plan is to all over the northwest, but we will be back in, in Liverpool soon, hopefully towards the end of this year, if not the beginning of 2023. So that's that's the, that's the plan. In sounds brilliant. Of- sounds really exciting. No wonder you haven't got time to put the boots back on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, mate. I know, I know. But we'll see. The boots are still there. Dusty, but they're still there. <laughs> are you hands-on or are you in the shop? Are you working in the shop? I'm in and out, yeah. yeah we've got a good, good team of staff at the minute, but... Just in terms of a lot of the processes and trying to refine and, and streamline everything, you have to be kind of hands-on. You have to micromanage a lot. So, yeah, I'm definitely definitely there, there, there a lot at the minute. And just finally, you had a really good professional football career. You played in the Premier League, international football. Now you've got your business, a successful business off the ground. And I would think that, that part of your grounding that gave you that was, was born at Everton Football Club. Listen, I, I say this to anyone I, I meet. But those years coming through Evan Academy, you had you had everything. No, you had you had Mike Dickinson, head of education, who, who I was quite bright in school, but I was I was a bit of a class clown, you know, always <laughs> going get into little bits of trouble, even at, at at the football club. I mean, I had a few instances where I think I fell fell through the roof at, at, at the digs, just trying to sneak out and going out there. <laughs> um, um, just different things. Um, but there's so many like great coaches, great personalities, Neil Jushnip, Gary Abler, Kev Sheedy, you know, thoroughbreds of the football game, you know, they know football inside out. They always give you advice. They weren't afraid to to let you know where they stood on a, on a few things. Which is always good as a young as a young person, and um, so there's so many good influences that could only help, you know, shape you into into um, you know a good human being. I feel like I mean it's 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 a catch twenty two because sometimes it's too good for young players. Yeah. yeah, the whole the whole atmosphere you're in a bit of a bubble. Um, you know, by the time I was sixteen, I've been to 10, 15 different countries to play football. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a good it's a good good you know opportunity. It's not real play. life, is it? It's not it's not real life, you know. And then at sixteen, you go on to play football every day, um, getting a getting a paycheck or or whatever. So it's it's not it's not the real world for sure. But at the same time, because of you know the actual personnel who are Everton, 
they've done a lot to make sure that, you know, whether you made it, whether you didn't make it, you know, you had a good foot and you had a good understanding of of life and and what it takes to to make it in any any sort of field. And I and I see that throughout a lot of the a lot of young lads who've who've left have gone on to do great things, gone on to do lots of different things. And again, from the team that we had, the age groups, the number of players who've gone on to forge solid, solid careers is ex- exceptional. Exceptional. Hope it's absolutely fantastic to see you again. Lovely to speak to you. I made up you're doing well. Keep it Thank going. You.